The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. With most other diets, you, you know, you call yourself, I am a vegan. This is a vegan diet. With Ayurveda, there is no adjective that's before the word diet. <laughs> really. In fact, the only adjective in front, of, in front of the word diet is your name, because that is the true diet for you. That's Chef Richard LaMarita, an expert in Ayurvedic cooking and living. This is Dropping In from Omega Institute, a podcast that explores the many ways to awaken the best in the human spirit. I'm Karen Michelle. Lots of longtime meditators will point out that even a short time spent meditating gives benefits that not doing it at all couldn't possibly provide. For a short time listen with longtime benefits, check out the podcast Meditation Minis with Shell Hamilton. Short guided meditations to ease your anxiety, relieve your stress, target whatever ails you. If Shell can't get you to chill, then you really need to listen to Meditation Minis. Head to her website, meditationminis.com, and let Shell guide you to wherever you'd like. In 1964, French anthropologist Claude Lévi-Strauss published his influential study, The Raw and the Cooked. In it, he looked at myths, at links between them, at context and commonalities. Twenty-five years later, the British rock band The Fine Young Cannibals lifted that name for their hit album, The Raw and the Cooked. And now I keep thinking about what it means to add flame to plants, meats, grains, engines, and ideas. To transform those ingredients into endless experiences, meals meant to be shared. And that's literally what happened during Richard LaMarita's Omega workshop on Ayurvedic cooking, when students made three meals, two Indian and one Italian, as they learned the theory and practice of an ancient Indian path toward good health, good food, good digestion, and a good life, Ayurveda, where you really are what you eat. The word itself, Ayurveda. Ayus means life or lifespan. Veda means knowledge. And this is what Ayurveda is. Ayurveda is a knowledge of life, or a science of life, that teaches us how to live in harmony with ourselves, with others, and with nature. It's a science of life that teaches us who we are. Teaches us who we are, no small thing. A former teacher and a continuing practitioner of transcendental meditation, Richard Lamarita spent many years in India, where he learned from Ayurvedic Vaidyas, or masters. Ayurveda is about more than the literal kind of cooking. Uh, I mean, everything is included in Ayurveda in reality, um, but it includes many different approaches to health, of which diet is one of them. Um, 
Ayurveda in, includes the practices of yoga and meditation. It includes um, marmotherapy, which is which is like uh, like acupuncture. It includes um, herbal supplements. It includes lifestyle and behavioral recommendations. Um, so Ayurveda is very practical on one hand in terms of um, you know things to do, practices to do to to keep maintain balance. And diet just happens also to be one of these. But when you talk about diet, and again in Ayurveda, it's not just food, but it's food connected to your digestive system, connected to how we eat. And all three are supporting each other. Can one um, be an Ayurvedic cook without other embracing other aspects of Ayurveda? Yes, they can. I've met people like that. But but yes, you can't just you can't just focus in on Ayurvedic cooking. Yeah. Now, given that there are many um, advocates of different kinds of diets, mm-hmm. I mean, there's you know the paleo, the macrobiotic, the vegan, the blah 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 mm-hmm. blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Why would someone choose to do this as opposed to the others? What are the benefits of this relative to other possible modalities? One of the beautiful things I think about Ayurvedic diet is that it's um, it's very open-ended in a sense. It's, it's very individualized. It's general, but at the same time of being spe- specific. The bottom line in Ayurveda is the balance of six tastes. Sweet, sour, salty, bitter, astringent, and pungent. But it doesn't necessarily say that you have to be vegan within that or vegetarian or even omnivore. Um, All of it works. Ayurveda also understands that depending on circumstances, depending on what's going on with your body right at at any moment, your diet can fluctuate and change. So it's it's very fluid. It's a very fluid diet. Um, And it might be... It might be feasible and it might be good at one particular point to be vegan. It might be good to be vegetarian. Um, but it's, it allows that flow. The, the way I like to kind of see that is that, you know, with, all, with most other diets, you, you know, you call yourself, I am a, you know, I am a vegan. This is a vegan diet. Um, with Ayurveda, there is no adjective that's before the word diet, <laughs> really. Yes, it's Ayurvedic diet, but really there's no adjective before that diet. In fact, the, the only adjective in front, of the, in front of the word diet is your name because that is the true diet for you. The whatever, what food is working right for you at that, at that given moment. There could be times in your life when you need more protein, when you need animal protein. But if you're stuck in the idea of, I am this, I can't eat this, you might not be eating a food that's very, very important for you at the time. Now, given that Ayurveda is quite old, ancient, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, have the uh, descriptions of the elements that that break down the types of, of person, is there another way to put that? No, that's fine. Okay. Um, and people have changed, theoretically, in these couple thousand years, 3,000 years, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Has Ayurveda adapted to that or maintained constant reference to the ancients. Yeah. Um, from what I see, Ayurveda has maintained constant constant connection to the ancients. Um, 
there's I, it, it hasn't much changed to it hasn't much changed since you know since these ancient Ayurvedic texts and the, and how the Vaidyas talk about it. You know, we have changed in in some respects, but in some respects, you know, we have not. We're still composed of the five elements. Those five elements have not really changed in millennium, I would presume. You know, we're composed of energy. That energy transforms itself into the five basic elements of space, air, fire, water, earth. And we interact with these elements. These elements are us. We We are made of these elements. These elements are all around us. We interact with them. That's that's kind of a fundamental thing that's been going on for for millennium. So I, you know, so it, that really hasn't changed. Well, there are people who you know say, oh, "I have to have my meat and potatoes." I have to have my mm-hmm. well, meat and potatoes is the standard reference, right? Mm-hmm. Who might be um, horrified to find they're eating Ayurveda? Can a person who is of that school, the old school, meat and potatoes kind of person, mm-hmm. can you give them an Ayurvedic meal without freaking them out? <laughs> Can you give a meat and potatoes person an Ayurvedic meal without freaking them out? Yes, you can. One person can read the Ayurvedic rules as in a very kind of not Ayurvedic rules, but the Ayurvedic theory in a very strict way, and maybe see that, maybe say that uh, you know I should that the body need the body only needs cooked foods, for instance. Um, so therefore, not have any raw food in their diet. Zero, zero raw food in their diet. And then another person will look at an Ayurvedic diet and say, oh, it's okay to have meat and potatoes every once in a while. That's that's fine to have. Because, you know, kind of in the classic Ayurvedic text and in the Ayurvedic theory, there's no, it's not, it's not these kind of formally written rules of that, you know. It's just, it's just more, here are the six tastes. It's good to balance these tastes. This is what each taste does. You know, this one particular taste, you can find that you can find that taste in animal protein, but you can also find it in grains. You make the decision based on who you are. As Richard told the class, the heart, according to Ayurveda, is uh, the center of consciousness. Um, the heart controls all activity in the body. And to pick, be able to pick up, um, you know, our kind of personal vibration in a sense, because everybody's pulse is, is different, uh, you're able to learn a lot about yourself. To find out who you are means first doing a type of pulse diagnosis to determine one's personal mix of characteristics of what are called the doshas, vata, pitta, and kapha. Space and air come together in the body to create what is called vata. Space and air in the body is vata, okay? Vata is responsible for things that move, the movement in the body, everything that moves in the body. And there's so, I mean, so much moves in the body, right? Air, blood, nerve impulses, waste material, food, you know, enormous, many, many, many things move, move in the body. Again, something has to direct that, something has to organize that, otherwise it could become a mess. And there's diseases that long, lists of diseases that long, which are simply disruptions of movement, right? From hydroencephalia to heart disease to constipation to arthritis, you know? Um, 
It's responsible for our circulation, it's responsible for our heartbeat, it's responsible for respiration, it's responsible for our processes of elimination, things like that. It's, it, it functions through the shrotas. The shrotas are the channels, the numerous channels that are in the body. Many, many miles, miles of channels in the body. Okay? Um, it's everywhere. Movement is everywhere. Vata is everywhere. But, it, but it's, according to Ayurveda, it has a happy home. If you're happy in home, you tend to be happy outside of the home. Okay? It's happy home is the colon. If it's happy in the colon, that's a good sign. That's where it wants to be the happiest. Okay? Um, that's vata. Pitta is energy production. Okay? Energy production. We have the ability to produce energy. We sleep, we produce energy. We rest, we produce energy. Right? We, um, we eat, we produce energy. So it's clear that we have the ability to produce energy. Metabolism is huge for this. Our, our metabolism, our ability to break down food and assimilate food and get the nutrients out of the food. It's also responsible for our body heat. It's responsible for our levels of hunger and thirst, things like that. It functions through what's called the agnis. The agnis are the digestive fires, the numerous digestive fires. We have a lot of digestive fires. Hydrochloric acid in the stomach, pitalin in the mouth, saliva. We have a lot of different digestive fires. Um, its happy home is the small intestine. Small intestine is its, its happy home. And then we have kapha. Oh, pitta is fire and water. And kapha is water and earth. Water and earth. It's responsible for our physical structure. It's responsible for cohesion, how the body holds itself together. It's responsible for lubrication, that's very important in the body. It's responsible for tissue formation, because when we eat, the body creates a new bodily tissue out of it. So this is kapha, this is kapha. It functions through what's called the datus. The datus are the, 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 the distinct bodily tissues. Ayurveda describes seven categories of bodily tissue, different than the, different than the other. The body is constantly recreating these bodily tissues. Its happy home is the chest. Is the chest. So everyone has vata pitta kapha. Can't be without. Can't be without. Everyone has vata pitta kapha. And yet it is true, like the rock and like gasoline, we're made up different. Everybody's made up different. And understanding that makeup helps us to understand who we are better. When gasoline knows what it is all about, it understands what it can do. You know, when a rock understands what it's all about, same thing, it knows what it can do. So when we understand what that unique physiological makeup is for us, in terms of the, the interplay of elements, it helps us a lot. In terms of you know, our, our, you know, our physical nature, our behavior, our mental state, our emotional state, things like that. Okay, it's a picture, nice snapshot picture of who you are. 
How to take that selfie was one of the first things Richard taught in his weekend workshop. Okay. You're going to take your hand and you're going to put it under, you know, under your wrist and curl your fingers. Okay. You're going to feel with the three fingers. I tried it too, Index but it felt like wrist. a, well, quack or its Sanskrit equivalent. So I asked for Richard's professional help. The, the vata finger is the index finger, feeling very strong under the index finger, stronger, definitely stronger than the other two. Um, the characteristics of a vata pulse are like a snake. so Armed or pulsed. With knowledge about Ayurvedic type, including my own, it was time to do some cooking of mostly, but not exclusively, classical Indian dishes. For just as Ayurveda is for all individuals, it's for all kinds of cooking. You'll hear about that coming up when there's more of Richard Lamarita's workshop and my conversation with him. But first, a word about Omega Institute for Holistic Studies. For more than 40 years, Omega has been hosting workshops and retreats on yoga, mindfulness, art, sustainability, women's leadership, health. It's a rich mix. And with this podcast, I'm introducing you to some of the remarkable teachers exploring Omega's mission to awaken the best in the human spirit. To learn more about Omega, visit eomega.org. That's E-O-M-E-G-A dot Better yet, make this podcast your entry point into all things Omega. Subscribe to Dropping In, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and tell a friend. Richard LaMarita's workshop is one of more than 350 programs offered every year in Omega's beautiful campus. It is nestled in New York's Hudson Valley. When I'm wandering about a city looking for a place to eat, often I go by smell, what scents are wafting onto the street, alerting my nostrils to treats that await within. Approaching the bungalow where Richard LaMarita's workshop was held was much like that. The gun-smoky smell of black cardamom, the childhood sweetness of cinnamon, the wake-up mix of spices that make up garam masala, wafted out and permeated within, pungent, wonderful. So if you wish to share a bit of that experience and you're near a kitchen, consider grabbing a few herbs and spices, opening the jars, and taking some deep sniffs for a taste of what's cooking in Richard Lamarita's Ayurvedic cooking workshop. A lunch of fennel tea, parathas, a type of Indian flatbread, Bengali dal, and... Curried okra and uh, tomatoes. Okay. So most people have an aversion to okra, right? Um, but I'm going to show you a way that you will get, get rid of that. Um, most people have an aversion to it because of that sliminess, okay? Which happens to be very good for your belly because it's that... Of the students, one was the single mother of a food-fussy daughter and an adventurous son. You know, I'll probably be t cooking two dinners like I usually do. <laughs> Another student was a health-aware wetland scientist who needed a break. I've dealt with Lyme disease, and it's taught me that I have to eat really well to sustain my um, positive health. And so anything I can do to learn more about that and be more creative in my cooking so I'm less bored is a good thing. And another woman claimed she really didn't like to cook. And then there was the guy who was clearly a ringer, someone who'd worked in a restaurant or likely a commune's kitchen. As for the rest, everyone knew their way with a knife and all clearly enjoyed the results of their efforts. And even more when Richard guided them into understanding the philosophy behind the meals. 
as he did when the dinner menu was Italian. Good job, everybody. Really nice. Now, who could tell me where the sweet is? Give me one example of the sweet taste. Okay. I thought the you... chocolate pudding. Definitely the chocolate yes. pudding. The whipped creams. The whipped cream. You said the grains. The farro. The ricotta. Okay. The ricotta, the fresh cheese, because it's yeah. not the because f- it's fresh cheese. Yes. Broccoli, Rob, you got the uh, raisins in it. That's right. Sour. Pickles. Uh, you got the pickles. Pickles, mainly the pickles. Yeah. Okay. Uh, salty is salt. Yeah. Okay. Bitter. Broccoli, Rob. Okay. Astringent. Vegetables. All the vegetables. Oh, yeah. A uh, salty, by the way, is also would yes, be the olives yep. and the miso, okay, um, and the and the miso would be sour too because it's fermented. Um, all the vegetables are are astringent. We have eggplant, we have tomato, got all the vegetables in there, and pungent. So here it's a different pungent than we did this this morning. This morning was all about spice. This was really herbs, mm-hmm. right? I don't think was there any spice. I don't think we used any spice really. But um, herbs, we use a lot of herbs, and herbs are counted as pungent also. You know, we got parsley, we got basil. What else we have? I think those are the main herbs we have today. Fantastic. Garlic and fennel. Garlic and fennel. Mm. Yep, yep. There's there's rosemary and thyme also. Oh, there's rosemary and thyme also, yeah. So we got a lot of herbs in this one, and that counts as pungent. Ooh, let's eat. But first, a prayer, grace, if you will. So the, the, the prayer is from uh, Upanishads, and it's Sahana Avatu, Sahana Bunaktu, Sahaviryam Karva Vahai, Tejasvinav Aritomastu, Mavidvisha Vahai, Mavidvisha Vahai. means let us be together, let us eat together, let us radiate truth, the light of life, never denounce anyone, never entertain negativity. Peace. 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 Enjoy. Good luck with your Ayurvedic practices. In the word of another ancient language, l'chaim, to life. Dropping In is a presentation of Omega Institute, dedicated to awakening the best in the human spirit. If you like what you hear, tell your friends. And leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps new ears find us. And to learn more about Omega, visit our website at eomega.org. Remember to check out Shell's Meditation Minis podcast. And just like this show, it's free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your favorite podcast app. Or go online to meditationminis.com. I'm Karen Michelle. Dropping In is produced and edited by me. The editor is Catherine Stifter. The music and mix are by Scott Mueller. And Rob Harris is the executive producer. Thanks for dropping in. Are you looking for help on your path to healing? I'm Lisa Campion. I'm a psychic, Reiki master, teacher, and energy healer. On my podcast, The Miracle of Healing, I'm going to help you on your healing path. Listen to conversations with leading teachers in energy medicine, quantum healing, and people who have recovered from loss and illness. Whether it's to take care of your own healing or to help other people, this is the podcast for you, right here on mindbodyspirit.fm.